We are not meant to live life alone. We don't have all the answers, but we do have each other and we each have different gifts. We are all human and we are all going to mess up and we're all going to make mistakes and we are all going to fail as an entrepreneur or in your marriage in some capacity, as a parent, as a single person in your relationship. We are all never going to have it all figured out all at once. You know who is perfect is God. God knows your plan. He knows your path. He knows your strength. He knows where to go to give you rest. He knows your safe rock to stand on, your firm foundation when everything else is shaky. So go to him. This is the Fit Investor Podcast, where we talk about how to live a more holistic life of being fit, not only financially, but physically and faithfully. We'll be joined by experts in all these areas to share their experiences and actionable and practical tips so that you can be a fit investor too. So now let's join our hosts, Kale Delaney, Wesley Whitehead, and Brenna Carls. All right, welcome to another episode of The Fit Investor. I'm your host, Kale Delaney, here with my esteemed co-hosts, Mr. Wesley Whitehead, the bearded man. Morning. And Mrs. Brenna, the shark wrestling, bullfighting, Muay Thai kicking Carls. Yeah. Oh, it's going to keep adding each week. I know. It's going to be like 20 middle names. And today we have a very special guest, Mrs. Selena Almodovar. And Selena is a relationship coach. And so we're excited to get some more info on this. But when it comes to helping Christian women navigate love, relationships, the single life, and marriage while honoring God, no one does it better than Selena. She's a renowned Christian relationship author, coach, blogger, and speaker. And she shows women how to love by faith by successfully transforming their love life through trust in God. A Puerto Rican city girl, mother of three children, and Christian wife of 10 years, Selena's faith-driven coaching skills and resources help her clients connect with God on a deeper level while living a Christian life full of love. And whether it's teaching others how to truly trust God, creating a fulfilling marriage that lasts, or manage a breakup, Selena is all about giving her clients the key to unlocking a God-centered love life they can relish. Thank you very much, Selena, for joining us here on The Fit Investor. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it all summer. Absolutely. Thank you. And we're excited for this too, because like we were chatting offline, we, we love having guests who truly integrate their faith and their business. And that's one of the reasons we created this podcast was we wanted to bring that out more because there's so many entrepreneurs out there that are not only successful in their business side, but also have a very strong faith background. And we love it when we can see those two being integrated. So we're excited for this. And funny enough, actually, the episode that we just recorded on Friday was uh, another lady that does relationship coaching and focusing on communication and things like that. So we didn't plan it that way. It's just how everything books. So I think God is maybe trying to tell us. Trying something. to say something. Yeah. <laughs> to some of your listeners. <laughs> but yeah, so this is excellent. So we're excited to learn. And so why don't we just start off with, take us through your journey. Give us a little background. And then how did you get into this relationship coaching? Where did that passion and inspiration come from? How did you start your own business and everything? Yeah. So spoiler alert, I did not major in relationship coaching in school. That is definitely not offered. I actually have two degrees in health administration. Okay. And when I graduated with my master's, the recession came, 2008 recession. And so there was no jobs opportunities anywhere. I went back to my hometown, which is Cleveland, Ohio. And I thought, 
no big deal. God's got me. The Cleveland Clinic is a huge hospital that everyone knows about. I'll definitely get a job there. Definitely did not get a job there. No one was hiring. And I decided to do some nonprofit to try to stick into my background. Because if I invested this much into this skill and this trade, the least I could do is find a job that would align with it. And so I started with women's health. I started with after school health. I started with diabetes prevention and social skills for children in middle school and high school. And gradually this job was also the same time that I started to develop a personal relationship with God. Working with kids really put a conviction in me. You're a city girl and you're doing things in the evening time. You're going to clubs and bars and you're hanging out and you're spending your money and you're living this prodigal son lifestyle. But I'm putting you in a position where you would be of influence and people can look up to you. And if a child that you are teaching in the daytime were to walk past you in the evening and saw your character, how would that affect them? And so God was really working in my heart in this season of my life. And I believe that it was during this time that I really went full on, really started to understand my relationship with him, started to grow. And this is where I met my husband, who was my friend at the time. We were serving in the youth ministry at church and I wasn't looking for him per se. I went to church for God. I wanted to really understand God. And when I noticed him, the very first thought that came to my head was, oh, he's single and he's by himself and he's sitting over there by himself. He must have children downstairs in the children's ministry. Like he just, he must be a baby daddy. That that must be it. So as God corrected me and he said, you're not here for him. You're here for me. And then he completely left. I don't know where Kyle went. I, it, there was only one service. There was we were about 100 people in our church at the time. This was 10 years ago. I don't know where he went. I did not see him. He never saw me. There was about maybe 10 young adults at the time at the church. We did not run into each other until I became a member, until I was established in a women's group and God just brought him back. We started dating and the week that he proposed to me to get engaged was the week that I got laid off. Okay, so I said, it's fine. Now I have experience. I have the two degrees. God's going to bless me with a job in health. No big deal. God did not bless me with a job in health. And I started to hear this again, like you guys were saying, the reoccurring message kept popping up. And my pastor was doing a series about visioning with God and casting your dreams with God. And it really put me to feel led to start my own business. And so a lot of people don't know this, but I got my starting in my own business as a health coach. I became a certified holistic health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I was doing that. I was helping women lose weight. I was helping women get a holistic balance in their life. I was a doTERRA representative. I was really deep into the health sector. And- Era, what's that? I'm sorry. Doterra, they were, oh, sorry. They're essential oils. It's one of the brandings of essential oils. And I was doing this back in 2011 when it was still very fresh and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy and try these herbal supplements. They're way better and don't eat that and do this and green juice and yoga. And I was very into this lifestyle. And as I got married and I was developing this health coaching business, I did not feel fulfilled. It felt 
like a job that I didn't want to go to. And I was very distraught because I was the boss. I was the one creating this job and I was the entrepreneur and I was the one who was building the corner office. Why do I want to call in sick and play hooky and not do this anymore? <laughs> I didn't like it. And it was very confusing because as an entrepreneur, they tell you, you get the freedom. You get to choose your life. You get to choose your schedule. You get to make all the rules and you get to call all the shots. But I was not happy. So I went back into my prayer closet and I asked God, what's going on? You gave me the freedom and I did it and I thought I was doing it right. And it does not feel right. I don't feel fulfilled. I, and then I secretly admitted to myself, like, I don't really like smoothies. Ah, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm Puerto Rican and I eat pork. What am I going to do? So I was starting to have this identity of just, I did not feel like what I was creating was aligning with who I was. Mm. And so God brought me back to this question and he said, where in your life did I show up the strongest, according to you? And I said, to me, you showed up in my life the strongest. I made the greatest transformation in my love life. When I met Kyle, that was the very first time that I learned about purity. That was the very first time I learned about godly dating, Christian dating. I had no idea what those things were. I had no idea what modesty was before I met my husband. We waited until we kissed until our wedding day to have our first kiss. And this was back in my 20s where I would have guys, I would live with guys, I would have these long-term relationships and everything was the exact opposite. And so God transformed me completely through my relationship. And then that's when he said, that is what you're supposed to teach other women. You're supposed to show them what I showed you. And so that's why you have the freedom to now do it. So I had to change my entire business structure I had to pivot everything. I had to rebrand, which if you've ever done a rebranding before, it is a lot of core to do all of that. And one thing led to another. I became a relationship coach and we got married and things progressed. And now we have three beautiful children and I have four wonderful books that kind of speak to my trust in God and how to apply Christian dating principles into your own love life and how to go on dates that could not only refine your relationship, but also refine your connection with God together as a court of three. And that's that's how we ended up here today. As I was, I have a quick question for you. How yeah. long were you, would you say a genuine believer before you met your soon-to-be husband? It was a solid season before I met him as a person. It was about six months before I realized I, I liked him. And it was about eight months before we started dating. The very first thing when I walked into church, I've always known God. I grew up in a church setting. I know the Bible, but I was the type of Christian where if I was scared on a plane, I knew where I was going. I said my prayer, dear Lord, help me out. I knew if I was a sinner, God forgive me. My slate would be wiped clean, but I did not acknowledge God as my Lord until January 2011. And I went to church and I said, I just want to fall in love with God. And the very first sermon I heard was fall in love with God. And I said, okay, I'm supposed to be here. And in that service, they were promoting, hey, we're going to do a Daniel fast. Everybody, here's a pamphlet, get ready for this. And I distinctly remember I wrote in my notes, who is Daniel fast? Find out is he a Pastor, what is this? 
that's how new to Christian lifestyle I was. That's how very just ignorant to it I was. They talked about going into your prayer closet. I said, do you get that at Home Depot? What is a prayer closet? I don't know. I don't know these things. And so I, the very first thing I did in January when I went to this brand new church by myself, because I just said enough is enough. I have to figure this out, was I went on a 21-day Daniel fast. This was before vegan food was mainstream. This was before they had stuff that actually tastes really good. And there were the restaurant pop-ups everywhere. This was very, I didn't know what I was doing. Potatoes, Wendy's French fries got me through that season. It wasn't until I became a member of the church in the springtime that I finally decided to join ministries. And I decided to go with youth because that was my background with the health field, working with youth. And that's when I met Kyle for the first time as a friend. But I treated it as a business relationship. I said, oh, we're in the same ministry. There's no way we can date each other. You're not supposed to do that. But then older people, wiser people <laughs> said, eh, yeah, you could. It doesn't work that way. Like you're, you could if, this, if God is leading you there. And one of the biggest pieces of information I got during that time was if it's meant to be, then he will lead. He will take, he will take initiative. So let him lead, let him take initiative. And that was very hard for me. That lasted about eight weeks. I fasted during that time because now I know how to fast, right? I fasted during that time. I said, Lord, if this is for me, then open the doors that need to be open, close the doors that need to be shut. And during those ministry leader meetings, everyone would cancel and it would just be Kyle and I at a restaurant or Kyle and I at the church building, getting ready to talk about a community outreach event. Nobody else was there, but us, because we're, they, everybody canceled or everybody couldn't make it. And it's like, oh, so God's organizing your date nights. You know it. <laughs> yeah, well. literally. Yes. And I would get upset with God. I would say, God, I told you that if this was supposed to happen, let the doors open. But if it wasn't, God shut the doors. I wanted him to shut the door. Because I was just, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get back. I was very boy crazy in my 20s. I didn't want to depend on a boy anymore. I didn't know how not to depend on a guy anymore. I never done this. It was very new to me. But God kept bringing us together. And the biggest fear that I had when we finally realized we liked each other and we were in this in between, do we want to get together or not? I shared my fear with him. I said, my biggest fear is if I kiss you, I don't know if I'll be able to stop. I don't know if I'll be able to be good. I don't know how to handle that boundary. And he said, what's very interesting. You said that I thought I was going to chase you away because I made a vow to God that the next woman I kiss would be my wife. It just took me a while to really understand. I said, what does that mean? Like your wife? What? And he was like, I, Selena, I don't want to kiss anyone until I'm married. I said, oh, and then that's when it was just confirmation of, yes, God saw your fear. God saw his faith and he's doing something in the midst of that. And that's how we knew, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to become boyfriend and girlfriend. Got it. So about eight months total before we actually started to get romantically involved. Wow. I have so many questions. Yes. The first one is how long were y'all dating before you were married? So we were dating for a year before he proposed. And then we had a year long engagement before we got married. So two years total from romantic involvement to marriage. Without a kiss. That's 
I don't think I've ever heard of that before. That's really awesome. Very um, crazy. Obviously, yeah. there's celibacy and then there. So that's a really new realm, which is really cool because obviously it means a lot more. Probably y'all have a video or something of y'all getting married and kissing for the first time, which is really cool. Yeah, our pastor was very petty, if I say, with respect. But he was just like, and now you may. And we're just like, get on with it. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And everyone came. Everyone was crying and rejoicing That's so because cool. we were still part of the youth ministry. And that was another thing is that was an accountability. We decided purposely to be around younger people because we wanted to prove to them like, hey, it's possible. And we're not cookie cutter Christians. I'm not a pastor's kid. He's not a pastor. We've had relations in the past. We've done things in the past. We were impure in the past. And we just, we made it so that we did not trust our flesh. We set up a lot of boundaries. We set a lot of rules in place. We had a lot of accountability partners. A lot of our actions were done in public, in parks, in pe like in front of other people, in group settings, in church settings. And we just believed that we can do this. And then you got, we got to the point where we were so close to the finish line where we were like, no, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And God has blessed us tremendously for that faith. In the sense, we took a spiritual fast, only it wasn't food that we were fasting from. It was physical. It was a physical fast that we were fasting from. And God honored that with our marriage. That's a, I, that's excellent. I, I asked that question because myself, I'll be the first to admit, I was raised in the church. I knew all about God, but like you said, he didn't become my actual Lord until later in life. And even when he became Lord in my life, there were certain things I was holding on to, certain sins I wouldn't let go, one of which yeah. being impurity. And it's by the grace of God that my wife and I got together and we've been married for 15 years and we have our problems. But now that one of us is pure before marriage and I look at my children and I want that for them so bad because I can see all these side effects of my prior physical relationships that even now can yes. influence my marriage. If 15 years later, there are prior relationships that have done that. And so I asked you that question because I think it's good for Christians or even Christians to hear that because a lot of times people say, I'm a Christian because I know the Bible or I know the gospel, but knowing doesn't mean you're a believer. Like the demons yeah. know and they're not believers. Yeah. In fact, Jesus even says a very scary passage somewhere in Matthew where he says, many on that day will say, Lord, yes. didn't, I, didn't I prophesy in your name? Which means didn't I, didn't I share the gospel? Didn't I tell people about you? Didn't I cast out devils? Didn't I do miracles? I've done neither of those. So they're basically higher than me on the pecking order. And Jesus' response is, depart from me, I never knew you, yes. workers of iniquity. And he says, why do you call me Lord and not do the things I say to do? And a lot of Christians have this false sense of security that's taught to them by even churches saying, just say this prayer, it's like a magical incantation, and now you're covered. And that's the worst that can happen because if that plane were to go down, they're like, oh, I already know the gospel. Jesus is I don't care. You didn't do anything that I said. So you weren't one of mine. I don't even know you. And I think your testimony is powerful and what you do is amazing because there are so many people that claim to be Christians. I was one of them who did not apply the Christian truths to their dating. They basically want to be a believer. They want to go to church, but they like the world, which is what I did. And then we end up with the same worldly problems and we're like, why, yes. why, why is this happening? But you sowed those seeds before you were married. And so now you're reaping them. Like God's a God of sowing and reaping. If you want to go, it's like planting a fruit tree, right? The best time to plant a fruit tree was 10 years ago. Second best time is today. So if I plant that fruit tree today, I have to wait years to get the harvest. 
what I planted years ago, I'm still going to reap in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I'm, that's excellent. I'm going to get my daughters hooked up with your books so they can. I was going to ask about the books next, but from what Wesley was saying, I was always, so I was raised in Methodist church and in Baptist because literally when we moved houses, there wasn't a Methodist church in town. So we had to go to the Baptist church. And I always had a problem until literally last year, which sounds weird, that they said once saved, always saved. And I said, I don't believe that because I've seen people say they're saved and then they go and do bad things and stuff. And actually my co my somebody that works for me is actually a pastor and he said, it means that once you're truly saved, you're always saved. Right. He said if people go back off of it and they're doing all these other bad things, they weren't truly saved. Yeah, a lukewarm Christian. That's exactly the next thing I was going to say. My question to you is, I saw the books listed that you had. I think you said, was it four books? Yeah. Is there one to talk to for youth to read? Because Wesley was saying about he hopes that for his kids so bad, but that how do you talk to your kids kind of thing about that kind of stuff? You don't, you want to be cool about it, but also you want to give them the truth. But then if you say, don't do something, you feel like they may go out and do it anyway. So where's that happy medium where you can comfortably talk to them about it and tell what, obviously you and your husband are a testament to your kids, but other people that didn't wait to kiss basically when they got married, how can we reflect that on our kids if we didn't come from that? Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, I think that what we did in the past, I spoke to weed in the past. Let's put it out there. And I don't want my kids to do that. So even though I don't have a resource for them to really latch onto, I could still share my experience and be like, this is what I did. And this is my reaction. And this is why you shouldn't do it because this is what it did to me. And I don't want that to happen to you. I think we should always talk about what happened in our past, even if it was good or bad, because sometimes a lot of people think, let's just show them the good. Let's just show them the good. Let's just teach them the good. And now they have this expectation and this bar. But if they don't ever happen to meet it or if they fall short in any kind of way, whether it's a thought or an action or a friendship or a behavior or something led to another, they just happen to miss that bar, then they're always going to feel like, man, I let people down and I'm disappointed and I'm not good enough. And they're going to be stuck in that Christian mindset of I'm never good enough. But if you show them like we were sinners, we're still sinners. But that's why we need to constantly redirect our path to Christ and show them like, this is what happened. This is who I used to be. This is where I am. But if I keep showing you, God, because this is what happened when I decided to do good. This is what happened when I decided to plant the fruit tree today. This is the growth and this is the hope. Then it would be better often, probably better received because now they don't feel like I have to be perfect. For me, out of the four books that I have, And I don't have anything for boys and men, apologies, but I do have my husband finally coming in with me. And so we're hoping to remedy that. But for young women, I would recommend my book, The Christian Woman's Guide to Dating, because that's a little more self-help that basically starts with, it starts with you and it starts with your relationship with God. If you were to follow me and follow any of my social handles, anything like that, you will understand that I don't give you solutions to your relationship. I don't give you solutions to your marriage. I don't give you solutions to any of the problems that you have. But what I do is point you to God because he has those solutions for you because everybody's story is different. I can't 
predict that everyone's story of choosing not to kiss until marriage is going to be that solution and it's going to break all the blessings for them and break all the strongholds. But what I can do is show you how to receive God the way you need to receive God so that he can guide you and he could direct you to that love that I have, to that blessing that I have, to that trust and faith that I have now in God. The book that I have, The Christian Woman's Guide to Dating. So that kind of covers everything from the time you're single to the time you think you might get exclusive with a boy, how to communicate online dating. It talks about sex. It talks about what happens if you had sex before marriage. It talks about what happens if you do it, if you wait. It talks about your boundaries, your values, how to set it all up. And so I think that would be a really good start for younger women if they're just starting, if they're interested in dating and they want and they like someone, they have a crush on someone, that would be the first place to go. After that, I would direct them to the single woman's prayer book. This is literally my journal printed out on a paperback copy for women to enjoy. And it's in that very beginning stage when I didn't know who Daniel Fast was, I just started to journal. I was always a journaler and I just wrote, hey, God, it's me again. I have a crush on this guy. I don't know what to do. It's verbatim, my words onto these prayers. And it's broken down into four categories about connecting to God and healing from your past, embracing your singleness and preparing for the next season. And so I would recommend that book because it's more journal based. They have spaces where they can not only pray and have a Bible scripture to lean on during prayer, but then they could also practice writing their own prayers. And then they can go back to God and say, this is how God answered my prayer. And so that's more of a application, practical journal that I would recommend as a close second to the the first book. I like you said that something you, you hit, you said got me, you were like, Christians need to be real with their faith and share not just the highs, but the lows. A lot of Christians these days, their witness to the world is Christianity, but for like Instagram Christianity, which is like only like the highlights, like basically just like, so you look around, oh man, everyone's living a perfect life. Everyone's got like boats and cars and houses and whatever. They don't realize that behind all those curated images on Instagram as a real person with actual faults. And so one of the best witnesses, and you said it right, is to share your failures. Um, and show people, look, God saves sinners. He doesn't save saints. Like Jesus says, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, I think I've you've got a great testimony and I'm very impressed. Yeah, no, I'm hey. very, very inspirational. And one thing that, that you said that kind of piqued my interest there is about receiving God and receiving his blessings. And you mentioned even when in the beginning of your courtship, so to speak with, with your husband, Kyle that you were even hoping that he would close that door, you said, right? Yeah. Out of fear or whatever it may be. But I always find that interesting of how difficult, and I'm speaking for myself, but I have a feeling it's a common thing, it, of how difficult it is really to receive God's blessings, of how, I don't know. I don't know if it's just by nature, we almost... Maybe it's that we're not good enough mentality or whatever. Why me? Why should I get a blessing like this? And it just brings us like this example that I, it made me think of, and this is relatively recent. It's maybe, I don't know, maybe six months ago or something like that. I was out of town. I took our kids for a camping trip a few hours away and uh, we were coming back on a Sunday. So we found a church where we were at that time to, to go to the service. 
And uh, the kids went into the youth ministry. And so I was just sitting there, whatever, random person in this new church for a day. And uh, at the end of the service, this couple came up to me and they were like, hey, we felt, we felt the need. We felt God telling us that we needed to pray for you. And they mentioned what it was that they wanted to pray for me for. And it was something very accurate. Yeah. And I was like, but my first reaction was like, oh, this is so weird. What? And even like after they did it, like I was like so convicted. But then even after they did it and I was walking out the door, I was like, I was trying to come up with excuses of maybe they were just being nice. They saw me sitting there alone or this or that. And I was just like, man, why are you thinking like that? Why can't you just think of it as a blessing? This, these people, yeah. God told these people to come pray for you for something specifically that you're struggling with. And here you are trying to refute it. What's you know what I think it is? I feel like it's our mindset of it's too good to be true. Right. It's too good to be true. There's possibly no way that you're going to give me this gift, this amazing, mind-blowing gift and not want something out of it, not want something in return. Even in Christmas time, I don't know if you guys do this. Maybe I'm just telling on myself, but even at Christmas time, when you see that random person and you just, you haven't seen them in months and they show up with a gift and you're like, oh, now I got to get them a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just be, you can't just receive the gift as it is. Like you, now you feel like, oh, now I have to do something. Now I feel guilty because I didn't think about it or I didn't come out first and give you something and do it that way. But if you really think about it with Jesus, he's giving us this gift freely, but it's not really freely because now we are slaves to Christ. Yeah. And so we have the, what is it called? The command to go out and to make disciples, to go out and to serve one another, to go out and to love one another as he loved us, to go out and die and pick up our cross every single day. There's something there. We just don't receive it as that because we're like, oh, let me just give you some money or something. Let me, you know, but I think that's what it is. We've been duped so many times in our human world that there has to be a catch. Mm. No way. There has to be a catch. And we live with this mistrust and it transcends over into our spiritual beliefs of if this is how it is in real life, then surely it must be the same here. And we just have to break out of that mindset. We all do. Yeah. No, that's when you, good insight. Yeah. When you wrote the book for the dating for the single women, all that unstep, how long ago was that? So that actually happened during the pandemic. It happened during okay. the lockdown and it was six weeks to complete that book. I wrote my first two books, the Single Woman's Prayer Book and the Engage Woman Prayer Book. It was a series. I wrote those on my own. I self-published those on my own. I Googled it, guys. I Googled it. A lot of people ask me, how do you self-publish? You Google. Okay, you Google. And now you guys have even more YouTube videos and even Amazon walks you step by step. You just go through Amazon and figure this out. Very simple, by the way, how to do it. You just have to muster it up and do it. But in the pandemic, on February of 2020, I received an email and they wanted to publish me and help me write this book. And so I had six weeks. I had six weeks and lo and behold, I said, God, how am I going to do this? I have two children at the time. I don't know. I never wrote a book that with that little of time. I never wrote a book that it that deep in depth. So how is this going to work? And then boom, 
my husband had to stay home for six weeks. And I said, Lord, this is amazing. <laughs> so he, I mean, it, it's a blessing in disguise. And he did that and it worked and I was able to get it out there. So it took six weeks, but then with the publishing, editing and the design and all of that, it took about six more months before it actually came out. My so fourth book, publisher spawn you? They emailed me. I don't oh. know. I've always heard these stories of people. I started my business in 2012 and I always heard these people. How did they get discovered? How did they get published? How did they get found? And I would always reach out to them and I would say, how did this happen? And they said, oh, they just sent me an email. And I used to see that's BS. There's no way. You must have an agent. You must have a PR summit. There must be a connection. You must know somebody who knows somebody. And no, they legit, they saw me through YouTube. And YouTube was a leap of faith. I, I started my YouTube channel in 2015. And I would post about relationships and marriage and faith. And it was a humble beginning. And I just kept doing it because everyone tells you to just do YouTube. Just keep doing it. I'm very glad that I did not stop because even when I had children and I had the postpartum era and I had to stop making videos, my videos kept growing to the point where it's now, I believe, over 650,000 views on my mediocre little videos that I put out there. And they found me through my YouTube. And so they sent me the email and decided to partner with me through those last two books that I wrote. And then... The reason why I asked since it was so recent, that's neat that it was so recent, because do you touch on all of this online dating, like these apps and stuff that I hear about something? Yes. Yeah. yeah like I seem uh, like that's very there. I know there's Christian mingle, but then all the other ones aren't really, I don't think any of them are Christian. So that's what I want to get your take on that. So what I did with the third book, Christian Woman's Guide to Dating, what I did was we had a whole chapter on online dating. It tells you, and I wrote about a few, not all of them. There's so many online dating apps now, but I did write about the top ones that I surveyed other single women. And I said, which ones do you prefer? What are the pros? What are the cons? So there's an actual chapter in that book that talks about these are some of the top dating sites. These are the pros. These are the cons. And it ranges from girl initiates first to people over 50, Christian, non-Christian. It gives you that. Not only does that chapter cover the various dating sites and apps, but it also tells you this is what you should have on your profile. This is what you should be asking when you meet someone. This is what to expect if you have an interaction with someone online. And if you decide to take it offline, these are the tips and these are the steps that you need to do to protect yourself and to know if this is going to go somewhere or if this is just a flop from the internet. So I have that in my fourth book, Christian Dating Adventures. We do have several. It's, that book is 65 dating ideas that you and your partner can do to better your relationship and your relationship with God. And we do have a lot of dating ideas in there that are specifically tied to social media. Take selfies or you have one of the dates is I think it's called social media tour or something like that, where you have to use every single social media app that you guys both have in your date. So whether that means you have to do a TikTok together, that means you have to do an Instagram post together. Now with threads, you guys would probably post a thread together. And that's the challenge for the date. That's the date idea as you're going through all of the social medias and you're doing that. We do have that. I did ask them, I said, hey, this 2020 thing seems permanent. Should I write something about that? And 
they said at the time they don't know if it's going to be that much of an effect in the long run. At the time, that's what they said, but we were still in it. So I wish if I ever did a new addition to it, I would probably talk about that because 2020 has impacted the dating realm tremendously and relationships tremendously. And I would love to speak more about that. And maybe in the future, I could be able to do that. Yeah. That date, that social media date would be a very short date for myself and Wes because my husband doesn't have social media and Wes doesn't have social media. But there you go. You would do something that was a little more classic, a little, a little more a dating Polaroid, classic. You can get a Polaroid camera. And, no, I got one of those old timey, like metal black and white photo. Oh, it takes you three hours to do that. That's so just sit there for the whole day. Just not go move. Hey guys, it's Brenna Carl, CEO and co-founder of The Mortgage Shop. When I'm not spending my time searching for the best pizza in town, working out because of pizza, or fighting sharks as Kale likes to say, I spend my time educating clients on the best investment products that will help them build generational wealth and making sure their loan process is as smooth as warm butter on a piece of toast. Call us today to get started with your investment journey at 800-816-7982 or talk more about pizza. Talk to you soon. Yes, the pen will stop. Yeah, that's very intimate. I like the that. painting of y'all where you have to just sit really still. <laughs> okay, now if you're going to bring up painting, then I'm going to bring up my date called the Bob Ross date. And that is also in the book. And that is where you take your canvases, you take all your paints, and you guys each got to do a Bob Ross episode oh, of geez. happy little paintings. Happy little trees. So, it's not a mistake. Like that. it's a happy that's, that's so a, that's mm -hmm. one of the dating ideas you could do. There you go. And that's a I show like that, that we brought back. That was a great that's show. That's really cool. Yeah. All of this is like so intriguing to me. This is so awesome. I know we don't have much time, but did God just put in you how to write because your background wasn't journalism or writing or anything like that? Was it just because you wrote in your journal all the time? So it just came natural to you? I don't really know that answer. And the reason why is because my father's a muralist. He is a, a locally, a local celebrity of sorts. And I graduated from <laughs> Cleveland School of the Arts and my major was photography. And so I've always had a, a artistic something. And I used to write lots of letters. I'm in the era where we did not have text messaging. We had letters that we would phone in intricate or origami manners and pass them on. And so I've just been so used to writing my whole life. And people always said, just write how you talk. Okay. That's something I've always done. I think I can talk really well. And so it, it translates into words really well. I've been blogging since the early days and I've kept that skill up. And I think that also helped with the books, the consistent blogging, the consistent writing out. One of the things that I do, which is a free resource to anyone who wants it, is I have a Sunday devotional in my mailing list. And every Sunday I have a, a Bible verse. I have a devotional. I have tips on how to apply this devotional to your marriage or your engagement or your relationship or if you're single. And I do this day in and day out every week since 2017. And that is a skill that I use not only to encourage my readers and my subscribers, but it's something that I use to keep my writing skills fresh and to keep me connected with God. Because if I'm lacking in any of those two things, then what am I here for? What am I doing? 
And so I, it helps me keep fresh. So do you just, we sign up like with our email or something? How do you do that? Yeah, it's part of my mailing list. Right now, you can go to all the links in my bios and I could send you guys the link to put in the description, but you just go there. It's a free sign up. You'll get a, hey, welcome. See you on Sunday and you'll be plugged in. Now, this is geared towards women right now. But like I said before, my husband, finally, we have our finances in order. He has a new job. We have the time to now work with couples. I always felt like men are waffles. Women are spaghetti. We're (laughs) rivers and they're not. And so I couldn't, I could not encourage a man the way a man could. I couldn't break down things the way to a man, the way a man can. And so now that my husband is here, my husband is a guy who's a guy being a guy. He is a NASCAR loving, sports loving, camping loving, fishing loving. This guy is a guy's guy. And I said, I need that from you because we need other guys who are men of faith to realize that they can also be guys and they can still work on their marriages or their relationships. And so we will eventually have resources later this year that are geared towards men and women, towards couples, towards marriages. But right now, the devotional is just more geared towards women. If you like flowers, you can join, but it's more geared towards women. I think it'd be cool to have you all back on as a couple. That'd be really nice. That would be wonderful. Yes, we're going to start our podcast called Love by Faith later this year. Oh, wonderful. I wanted to, unless you have something, Joe, but I wanted to segue. You mentioned before we started recording, like how we got through changes in our marriage, the baby weight and stuff like that. And to me, that's, if you could talk a little on that, because whether you're married or not, generally, most people have something that they're self-conscious about. Yes physically, mentally, or what, and you always want to be the best you can for your spouse mentally and physically. So can you talk to our audience about going through that stage as a woman or as a married couple with your husband as well on my body looks different after I had a kid and I'm not used to this and I'm more tired and I hope he doesn't see me in a different way, things like that. Yes. How much time do we have? Because we could stay here and we could just I know we could. I'm like, on. yeah, I'll have to do the other section and ask so many more questions. But. Nine minutes or so. Okay. Okay. I will keep it short. So going back to what you guys mentioned earlier, what we did in our past came into our marriage, right? And one of the things that came into our past, specifically for me, was rejection in a bedroom. Okay. So this was something that I dealt with and struggled with before I became a devoted Christian. This is something that I I was very traumatized in. So it came into our marriage room to the point where I didn't really, yes, it was fireworks on our honeymoon. Yes, it was fireworks on our wedding night. But as that started to die down, I didn't think he really wanted me because I was used to not being wanted. I didn't think he was really into me because even though he was saying it and he was expressing it, I just, I couldn't believe it for myself. Okay. So we had this baggage. Not to mention, I was taking birth control and I thought that we wanted to wait to have children. Hormones. Hormones completely affected me. And so this was all bundled into the first few years of our marriage where I just didn't feel like I was attractive or just sexually engaged as you should feel in a marriage with your wife and your husband. And now you guys are able to do it all day long if you wanted to. So I didn't. I felt weird about it and it made me feel guilty about it. And then you have kids, right? And I had no idea what to expect when I had kids and the stress and the balding and the weight and 
Now I'm back to my original weight, but my pants don't fit me because my hips are different. I will say that not taking care of yourself. So with my first child, I was so stressed out with postpartum and with breastfeeding and with the weight and just, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know who I was that I just, I got diagnosed with Bell's palsy. And Bell's palsy is where the right side of your face or the left side of your face goes completely paralyzed and it it no longer works And, and dealing with this, right? And then six, I had this for six weeks before my face recovered. Thank you, Jesus. And from there, now you're a new mom and your husband is seeing your beautiful image. And he's, man, you're the most beautiful. You just had my child. I love you. And that's how he feels. But you're feeling like I'm not myself. You're having this identity crisis. And so trying to get back to the old me, trying to work out, trying to get fit, trying to diet, but also breastfeeding. Like there was so many physical trials that I went through where I just didn't know myself. It did not. And then that was the first child. The second child, same issues. I had hip issues that turned to knee issues that turned to me wearing a boot for 12, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. All of these health things were really problematic in my life to the point where I just did not feel happy with myself. And when you don't feel happy with yourself, it does not matter what your spouse says or what your partner says. You're just not going to, it's not going to match up. And it was not until I actually started to define fitness and health on my own terms. I decided I'm not going to restrict things that are going to make me feel unhappy, but instead I'm going to do it in moderation. I am going to work out the way I want to work out. And I don't like to jog. I don't like to do it. I'm just going to strength lift and I'm going to weight train. And I know that if somebody tells me to do something as like a trainer, or if I go to a class where someone's instructing me, that's way easier for me than to try to do it on my own at home. When I'm so busy motivating my entire family, I need someone to motivate me. It took, I wouldn't say it was an intervention, but it was a group of women, my friends who said, Selena, you're doing so much at home, being the trainer, being the coach. Being the manager, you are, by the time it gets to you and by the time it gets to you saying, wake up at five in the morning and get on your treadmill, you're done. You're depleted. Mm -hmm. You're empty. You have to find a regimen that's going to work for you and maybe serve you in the way that you need to be served. And for me, that was going to fitness classes. That was going to a personal trainer. That was going to a nutritionist to say, hey, your hormones are jacked up. You need to do this. You need to eat these things. And taking the thought process out of it helped me as a new mom and as a wife who was trying to get her groove back with her husband. I got other things to say about how we actually got the groove back, but out of time, yeah, it was, that was my journey. Yeah. We still have a few minutes. Let's see. Not up to Lena get her groove back. So with new movie. Yes. So with the with three kids, right, and the ups and downs of the weight and the insecurity and the self-esteem, we had to figure things out. And then with the whole break, the baggage that came in, how do we figure this out? How do we, we figure this out? I read a book by Rachel Hollis called Girl, Wash Your Face. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular book. In the book, she has a chapter about what she did with her late husband, her late ex-husband. And it said they did a 30-day challenge. Okay. I brought this up to Kyle in 2019. I said, I think if we do a 30-day challenge where we are intimate for 30 days, that might 
help us figure this out. He said, say less. I'm in. <laughs> and it's actually a lot harder than you think. Women go through so many fears and there's so many walls and there's so much insecurity. But that is exactly the point. It's not like you're having a great time every day for 30 days. It's hey, I feel weird about this. Let's talk about it. Or hey, this worked, but it didn't work good enough. Let's figure it out. Let's talk about it. Hey, I'm not feeling sexy in this area. Why not? Let's talk about it. You're putting attention and you're giving time to make attention to it every day for 30 days to the point where now, 30 days later, Kyle and I know exactly what needs to happen to turn each other on. We know exactly how to feel sexy with one another. We know exactly what we need to say or do in the seasons, because remember, there's a hormone season, right? We need to, we know what to say when it's time to say it so that we can get our groove on. We know what not to say when not to say it because of hormones or because we're having bad days. We know if we only got five minutes, what we need to do. We know if we got 30 minutes. We know what we could do. We know all of the things because we took time to figure it out in that 30-day challenge. That and makes so sense. That's, it's kind of like, instead of building habits on fitness or getting up early, you're building yes. a habit with intimacy. Of yes. Course. Yes. That and sounds so like now, a lot of days yeah. in a row, but it's why it's called it sounds challenge. Like, yes. This might and, be our most popular podcast, Kale. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there are going to be times when you're like, this is good. It's working. It's great. But now I'm tired. And so on those days in the challenge, you're just saying, hey, we don't have to be physical to be intimate. So let's practice being intimate without being physical. And that works. That helps. And we've discovered what works for us. And so I always say this and everybody always freaks out about it. It's not my initial. This is not my original thing. I didn't create this, but it helped us. And it's been we did this in 2019. It's been solid ever since. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's so much cool stuff, so much really inspirational journey that you have in all these different areas. We really could go on for a lot longer with all yeah. the things that I'm sure each of us has here. One of the things though, just to tie this all together and then close it off that I found throughout your story is you, it, it seems as though like whenever you had a struggle or there was a new venture that you weren't certain of, that you I don't know if it was intentional or not, but you surrounded yourself with community at some point. Like when you were not, not fully engaged or with Christ, that you, you hadn't submit, submitted yeah. or surrendered to him, but you joined the youth ministry and started getting yeah. connected in the church. And as a result, those people started pushing you and Kyle together and making opportunities. And just lots of different examples that you had there when you guys were in your courtship period, how you had... You said you had accountability partners. So having that community, it seems, has really helped you grow and helped you achieve some of these things that, that are challenges that a lot of people don't or don't want to get through. So I just think that's an important thing that, you know, whether it's something in your, your faith or your physical fitness or your finances, your business, whatever, having that community or that support or that somebody that motivates you and gives you that accountability, how tremendously important that is. And it's really hard to find, frankly, it's, you hear how important it is to have a, like a life coach that's becoming more and more popular nowadays, yeah. personal development and that type of thing. But as, again, going back to like our nature where I think we're naturally resistant to that, 
But then when you look at just the facts of the matter, anybody who's truly successful, just look at athletes. I think that's the easiest example. Every tremendous athlete has a coach. Yes. Every tremendous athlete has a coach. Yet most of us think we don't need a coach or somebody to train us or motivate us or this or that, the other. So it's completely backwards the way we think. So I don't know, I just wanted to highlight that. It just, it was something that stood out to me throughout everything that you were saying, how important those types of things are. Again, just really cool story, really inspirational, really awesome. And yeah, I could, I could talk for two more hours to you. So maybe one day we can do like a women's series and then y'all can do like a man's series or something like that. That sounds awesome. That sounds (laughs) great. Yeah. So then just to close it out, I know you've given us lots of really awesome tips already, but we like to ask for order of three practical or actionable tips through anything that we talked about to leave our audience with. Okay. Off the top of my head, three tips. Tip number one, keep listening to this podcast because as you were saying, this is a community. I reached out to the community and I need people. We are not meant to live life alone. We, are, we don't have all the answers, but we do have each other and we each have different gifts. We each have different experiences, different stories. I was just posting about this on Thread earlier this morning. You don't know what everybody has gone through and you don't know half the stuff that someone else knows, but that's why you guys have this community to continue to learn new things and meet new people and expand our circles. And so number one, listen to this community and be a part of it and engage. Engaging is so awesome and so cool. And thank you guys for inviting me into your community. Thing number two is we are all human and we are all going to mess up and we're all going to make mistakes and we are all going to fail as an entrepreneur or in your marriage in some capacity, as a parent, as a single person in your relationship. We are all never going to have it all figured out all at once who does and you know who is perfect is God. And so that would be my tip number three. Tip number two is give yourself grace because you're not perfect and you never will be. Tip number three is go to the source that is in all things, in everything, in every single aspect. I had no idea what I was doing in my business. I still don't know what I'm doing in my business. I don't think we all, I don't, I think that's the biggest secret is no one knows what we're doing. They just came out with threads last week and it's com- completely just changed the entire social media game as we know it. Nobody knows, but God knows your plan. He knows your path. He knows your strength. He knows where to go to give you rest. He knows your safe rock to stand on your firm foundation when everything else is shaky. So go to him. Do not feel ashamed because you are human. He knows exactly who he created when he created you. He knows your faults. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your vulnerability. And if you would just expose who you are and be naked and unashamed before him, he will guide you. He will help you. He will protect you. He will serve you. He will show you your business plan step-by-step if you're willing to have faith long enough to see it pan out. And those are the three tips I can leave with you today. Love those. Mic drop right there. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That was wonderful. Brenna, you want to close it out then? It's like that powerful of a statement. I feel like this is... What's your favorite pizza from where and why? Okay, so as I get older, I my think my my tastes are changing, and I like the Hawaiian pizza, guys. Dude, yeah. 
I, I think I'm starting I'm starting to finally appreciate pineapple and jalapenos mm-hmm. on pizza. I said it. It's out there. I can't take it back. So that is it. Is there like any really good pizza places in Ohio? We have one in Lakewood. It's called Angelo's Pizza. Everyone really loves it. They have a a seafood pizza there. If you're a seafood lover, it is phenomenal. Lots of awards won over time. I think Tom Hanks was there one time. It's just a very good pizza. Very high quality, fresh ingredients. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And again, we'll have the links and everything in the description and show notes. But where can people find you? Where can they reach out to you? Where can they follow you? Everywhere. I am everywhere. I have been in this game long enough to just be a part of all of it. So I am there. I'm on YouTube. I'm Instagram. Facebook, I'm there. Threads, I'm there. Pinterest, you want to pins and stuff, I'm there. I'm everywhere. And it's all with my handle, Selena Almodovar. All right. Awesome. Excellent. Selena, thank you very much again for joining us. Again, wonderful, inspirational episode. Great information for our audience here. So love it. Thank, thank you very you guys. much. Yeah, thank thank you. you for having me. Thank you. All right. And join us next week for another episode. Thank you guys. All right.